0: Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you the pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition needs and your fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about the ingredients. That way you know exactly what you're putting inside your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And I suggest checking out the Grass-Fed Whey Protein Powder. Right now, you can get 10% off of your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code POD. And that's 10% off using the code POD POD for the first time customers. Taking nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. Now, enjoy the show. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasting, I think about... Anchor, Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast, you can talk about all kinds of things, you don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about, see, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone, it's crazy, and Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you, it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Weebcast and um, to a a pretty exciting episode for me because I haven't done one of these types of episodes before, but I am excited and I'm pretty confident that I can do it better than your favorite uh, anime website. Um, That's kind of like a list. Now, I I should say that this is different from just, like I said, this is different from your typical lists in the case that this ain't information or stuff that you can just find on your on wikipedia or the, maybe the code yes wiki and certainly not one of those uh videos that you would watch on youtube where you would find you know stuff that a quick google search could 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 lend you and i wanted it to be a little different i wanted it to be a little more exciting i wanted it to be better than that because that's what we do at weavecast we do it better um or at least I like to think so. But, like I said, uh, this is... I am c And if this is your first episode here on WeebCast, or your 42nd episode, or 43rd episode... we I'm not, I'm losing track. But, what if this is your first time, or you're in a, re, a return uh, viewer listener... So I'm messing up all up today. Um, this is c a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Marie, a.k.a. the independent variable, a.k.a. the guy who has survived... The greatest November month challenge any man can take on. Yes, it's the all water November challenge. Um, I'm out on the other side and I've completed it. Not only do I feel stronger, but I feel like I, I could take on maybe fourth gear Luffy or maybe even take on at least maybe Super Saiyan 3 Goku. Um, that's how good I feel. And am I going to continue this challenge into December, into December? Um, that might be a big fat. No, but like I said, I will keep the tradition, keep on, you know, keep on trucking in for next November. Maybe I'll be a lot better. I'll be a little bit more prepared in my only water challenge, but I hope you guys are doing great, doing lovely on this. Um, if you're listening to this, um, on a Friday afternoon take some time enjoy the weather if it's pretty actually nice out where i'm at right now the weather looks pretty damn good and what's better to spend some of that great lovely sunshine nice fall breeze then talk about some anime um and in this case i'm going to be talking some cold geas because look um i'm doing this episode because I, the, the news has already dropped if you haven't seen it from a few days ago that the official Twitter account on the Kiga Code Geass project announced on, um, I think, man, it's been, oh, I guess it was about a week and a half, that they will, that the new project that has just been released, um, and they they had a little, they unveiled it on YouTube Live, uh, on December 5th, I believe, at 8pm JST time, um, and so I, so I was like you know what's better than to celebrate new new Code Geass project new Code Geass, Code Geass news than to do something Code Geass related but with a little with a twist um, and that twist is a list because webcast has never done a list like this before but like I said before earlier I think I can do it better than these uh, than these websites I won't put any names I'm not I'm not I'm not like that type of person but um I bet I can do it pretty better I think I can do it better um I guess a little bit background though Um Code Geass: Lelouch of the Resurrection, which is the most recent anime in the franchise, opened back in February of 2019 in over 120 theaters in Japan. Uh Funimation screened the film in North America in May of that same year. And producer Kojiro Taniguchi said in April of 2019 that the film is just phase 1 of a 10-year plan for new content in the Code Geass franchise. Yes we have um this dude's working it like it's kevin feige over at mcu or something or you know or like or oda with one piece but um probably a little bit better um sorry i had to get my one one piece uh dig in there and for the for the episode i think i just hit the quota and a production team thank you for taking that tick off Um uh, all i need is I'm a professional super water later but the first film in the series uh Compilation Recap Trilogy, Code Geass, Han Ge, or Hangagaku no Lush, or I think The Awakening Path, the official English subtitle, um, Initiation, covered, opened in Japan back in 2017 in October, and the second film was uh, Lush, The Rebellion Path, or Code Geass, The Rebellion Path, uh, Transgression, and that was February of 2018, I believe, and the, first, the third film, uh, Code Geass, the, um, the imperial path uh glorification opened in may of 2018 and funimation has actually released the trilogy on blu-ray um back i think earlier this year in march i think which which kind of went under the radar with a lot of things i thought this was huge news that the funimation put this out on blu-ray and had it was streaming this um i didn't see a lot of people talk about it back in but back in march but there's that um but yes i will be doing a very special list based on the Code Geass television television series premiering that premiered back in thousand and six, um, which followed a sequel series in twenty and two thousand eight, um, inspired tons of various manga and original video anime, including uh, Code Geass Akito the Exiled spinoff, which premiered back in twenty twelve, um, another little well known spinoff that um, Code Geass kind of kicked the spurs on, um. But this list is exclusively is on just informative information slash theories on Luge v Britannia, um, one of my favorite all-time anime characters. Um, for people that know me, it was definitely one of the first anime that I watched. That uh, of its genre, um, I was not a avid watcher of this genre mainly. I just wanted the flashy, I wanted the strong uh, female care. Uh, well, female and male character leads uh like sailor moon Saint Seiya, naruto the one pieces the bleach and all that uh but code he for i think a lot of people and death Note was also on that list too where it was definitely the first foray into the psychological uh, psychological shonen type of uh, area for a lot of people growing up but um and i wanted to do and I know I'm taking a little bit of long to get into this list, but I'm just uh, I just want to set it up. Make sure that, look, it'll be fun. It's gonna be you're gonna love this list. But this list is exclusively on Louchevietania, um, and it, uh, like I said, I think you'll enjoy this better than any YouTube top ten Louche facts or any um or dim or dimly witted written article on Google that you may find randomly from like eight years ago, or whatever, about the best facts about Louis V. Britannia. Um, I think I could do it better. Um, but Louis V. Britannia is one of the most important characters in Code Geass. So it makes sense that here at Weebcast, I would eventually create a fat list about him. And pretty much my goal in creating this was to make it a better, make it more interesting than a lot of these, like I said, uh, websites doing these. Silly list And like, like um, I plan to do other lists Like these um, Where I can Put down some facts Some theories And have some actual You know Evidence In there Um, And I didn't want to make it And like I said Like I said It has facts and theories I do not want to make it boring I um, just have nothing but facts I want to have some Maybe some factual theories Maybe That I could throw in here And mix it with the facts And make things uh, You know A little bit You know Spice it up a little bit um, because, you know, I, I'm just tired of seeing, you know, the boring fact theory list that you can find on the wiki page for Looge. So if you can, I mean, if you can look up facts on a site like Wikipedia, why even read, um, why read an article, you know what I mean? Um, but disclaimer, I should say that, you know, if you haven't watched both the original Code Geass series and Akito the out, I am going to spoil a few key parts of both series um, so just be on the lookout for that. But since now that we got all the objectives out the way, let's begin with, um, Louis Free, Tanya, fact theory, number 10, that he has the most identities, um, in the series. Um, Louis as Julius Kingley, Code Geass, Akito, uh, the X out OVA3, um, but Louis throughout the, throughout each series. Had to assume a number of identities. Some were forced upon him. Whether it was due to Gias. Uh, high school. But what's so interesting about the personalities. Is the people were fooled into thinking. Each one was the real LaRouche. Um Colin for example. Went through this very same dilemma. And, and LaRouche has four identities. In the original series. Plus the OVA. Uh, Louis Lampereau. Luge at zero. um Luge as Julius Kingsley, and then in his, his actual name, Luge v. Britannia. Um, see, Luge had to become zero to lead the Japanese against Britannia. Kingsley to serve Charles and his father, uh, Lemperug, so he could attend high school while hiding his nobility. And what I love is that how the lead women in the series, as well as the fans, each favored a different personality. Each personality is different. It shows different sides to um to this very interesting character. Uh, it was very entertaining to see Luge talk about Zero as Luge. Or when he was saw photos of himself on posters and even on trains. You know, I love the part in R two R two turn where uh Luge under Charles's Gias insults Zero's plan. Um Just small things like that thrown into the show I thought was delightful. But what was one of your favorite identities? Um, Number nine, though. He is terrible at nightmare frame combat. Um, Lwosh is a brilliant mastermind. You know, and for sure he can pilot a nightmare frame better than, you know, your average pilot. But just do not let him fight someone who is actually skilled in nightmare frame combat louche seems to have the ability to give commands to others but when it comes to fighting himself he he more often tends to struggle um and i and i got a few examples but here are three that always stuck out to me number one he lost to cornelia in the in the gawain which he was way more powerful than cornelia's uh Gloucester. uh secondly he let go of his shields without realizing that create that created an opening for luciano bradley to attempt to kill him and lastly louche has to has to use underhanded cowardly tactics to defeat you know competent pilots since he could never really defeat a strong pilot head-to-head which is you know you could say is a good thing and just shows his mental fortitude mental mental fortitude in in strategizing but most of it was time because he knew that didn't matter how you know he wasn't he just it just made up for lack of his skills in piloting and those things, which you know it's a skill in itself. But let's not get it twisted. He it wasn't his strong suit, and I think he clearly, and which and now you could celebrate him on knowing his faults and weaknesses. That's that's all dandy. Um, Belushi is just is not a juggernaut for fighting, which is fine, um, since that is what Suzuku's character is supposed to be. He is the um kind of skillful mastermind in terms of of combat especially um of nightmare of the nightmare frame combat Uh, and i like this flaw as it makes you know combat situations with luge more interesting and we know he isn't just going to bull rush it through with no uh, obstacles or i mean you know he's not going to just tear through the competition like you know like you know like water through a paper bag um and the point stays true to Lucia's essence as a person who normally relies on brains over bronze. Um, but moving on to number eight. Uh, and one of my one of my more favorite ones on the list is that he never had a claim to the throne by the end of the series. And you're probably asking, what do you mean? Chris? What do you mean by that? Well, I love the scene at the end of R2 turn 20 where... Luge comes back to surprise his family and then he informs them that he killed Charles. You know, it's one of those that famous scene, both dub and sub. You should, I you know, check check that scene on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Everyone, while in shock, ordered the guards to kill him only for Suzuku to stop them, allowing Luge to use his geas on everyone to acknowledge him as emperor. You know, and something about this always really bothered me, and it was when Luge said I am Luge, the 99th in the line to the throne of Britannia. It the reason why the reason why Lucius in R1 stage 7 states that he's given up his claim to the throne, which is called abdication. Uh, and from the research that I conducted when when someone does this they 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 can't get their claim back. You know correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I, you know screaming me on Twitter or Instagram. If I'm wrong, but Obviously, Luch, Luch can use his Guias to become emperor regardless, if he had actually had a claim to the throne or not. I just found it very interesting that acts as this, you know, that acts as if he was never abdicated. Uh, maybe he forgot about it, uh, or maybe he just purposely chose to ignore that he abdicated the throne. But it's okay because no one else seemed to remember really either, except diehard Co Guias fans. But onto number seven, um, he. Actually, actually, he really only accomplished a third of his goals. Uh, Lush, since the very beginning of Code Geass, he had three main goals. Destroy Britannia, get revenge for his mother's death, and thirdly, make a kinder world for Nunnally to live in. And, uh, you know, there are obviously sub-goals under those, but I'm, I'm trying to simplify things here, and... But when you actually really look at the end of the series, how many of these goals does Lush actually accomplish? Now now keep in mind that I'm aware that his goals changed throughout the series and they evolved, but this is examining the initial reasons why Lush started the rebellion in the first place. Lush doesn't destroy Britannia, in fact he ends up ruling it during Zero Requiem. And even after his death, Britannia remains a world power, albeit a force for good. Um, for the second goal Lush doesn't he does get revenge for his mother's death by killing vivi but he did not know that vivi killed his mother at the time so ironically Lush actually kills his own mother when he realized that she never cared about him or none so not only does Lush not get his vengeance he did a whole 180 and killed his own mother F- figure that out and, and for the last one Luche does make a, Luch does make a kinder place for Nunnally to live in. So, in the end, Nunnally was really the most important thing to Luche, and that's why of the three main goals, helping Nunnally was the only one that Luche actually accomplished, and the only one that really matters. Um, now on to number six, um, uh, which I I guess this may not I don't know if this will come to a surprise to anyone, but he is a super genius in more ways than one. Um, he has very many facets to his. His his genius, and how he uh, puts this on exhibition in the throughout the canon. Uh, but I've seen over the years so many, so many critiques on Luge, and one of those that he only seems smart because by contrast his enemies are really, really dull and dumb. But I'm going to debunk debunk that by going over how brilliant Luge actually is. I want you to guys sit down my louis haters it can't be that many out there right but all for the louis haters out there let me let me debunk this right here for you i got i got I'm about to put down some facts for you real quick louis can calculate synchro shields a task that rollo states to be very difficult he can he's able to multitask and run two separate organizations at once without any issues or hiccups the school festival and then the black and the black knights Loush is able to hack into almost anything and figure out the inner workings of of, and, you know, of, um, of any machine and even the wiring of a bomb. Dithard noted that how Loush is able to see the battlefield and conduct strategy in a way no one else has ever done or can. Um, Loush is also a brilliant chess player and often beats chess masters for money. One of my favorite ones. Uh, he's charismatic and is able to motivate anyone to follow him and fight for him. Um, he can engage a situation and figure out the best course of action, even when he has to make a split decision. Um, he, Luge can even predict what his opponents will say, which I think is a I think it was a little quirk of his that people tend to forget about him. He used to finish people's sentences in his head, or sometimes aloud. loud. Uh, in addition, to being so charismatic, he is probably one of his one of his best skills. At is one of my favorite things about him is at managing people. Um, and leading more than one organizations at once, concocting different plans from different angles. To, you know, um, and and also within each of his personal into his identities and personalities, is what makes this feat alone ridiculous. That he can manage. People from different sides, different from different walks of life um, and have them work under him happily and knowing that, you know, as, as if that it'll benefit them in some way, even though it's really just going to benefit Lucius in the end. Um, look, and I can go on and on, but you kind of get the point here. Lucia's intelligence is impressive and is the really the driving force behind why he succeeds at zero throughout the series in the first place. Um. Now, the next one is going to go a little bit back about why, uh, about his his claim to the throne and and, and the emperor. And number five is that he would have made it really an excellent emperor, really. Um, Luge, as I mentioned earlier, gave up his claim to the throne. But despite this, he took over anyways to become the 99th uh, emperor of Britannia. So it was too bad that his rise was due to the zero requiem and not through normal succession. But... This is just a little theory of mine that I, if Lush took power outside of the Zero Weak Realm, he probably would have been a very, it would have been an excellent emperor. Um, number one, he's excellent at uniting all people from different backgrounds. And Dithard even explained this to the Black Knights when Lush was on uh, Kamine Island. And second, Lush cares for the weak, and he would have shown them the same compassion. As he does phenomenally. Um, thirdly. Lush wanted to end all fighting. Um, so there was a good chance. He would have gone the peaceful right. With the EU. And with the Chinese Federation. Because I mean, after all. He, he really only wanted. A gentle and kinder world. Uh, it, it, if Lush ru- ruled with the qualities. That motivated him to start the rebellion. He would have been a great emperor. And my only concern is if he would use any of his manipulation tactics while emperor. You know, but I'll leave that for the better speculators to speculate about. Uh, number four, though. The number of people that he used his Geass on is actually ridiculous. Um, I just remember real quick. I just remember. I don't know if you guys remember that scene where I think it might have been Kogi R2 turn 22 out of maybe about almost not even two minutes into that into that episode where you just see LaRouche ordering over a thousand Britannian tubes to be his slaves uh Louis's Geass is just powerful as he can target multiple people at once assuming he has an eye contact with them and and it also evolves to the highest level possible which is only something his father Charles v. Britannia reached um the question is now throughout the original series how many people did Rouge use his Geass on well, you know, you aren't lucky because I went through and counted each instance. And keep in mind, this will be a, off by 20 to 30 people. Eh. In some scenes, like the ones where Luge tells people to move another car on the train, it's hard to tell exactly how many people were were affected exactly. But with that in mind, Luge used this chaos on approximately 1,546 people. He only used it on 87 people in R1 compared to... One thousand four hundred and fifty-nine in R two. Uh, the most amount he used it on was, as I explained earlier in turn twenty-two, when he ordered eleven a uh, thousand one hundred and twenty Britannian soldiers to be his slaves. Yes, I counted each and every one of them, uh, who was shown with uh, a little, with a little help with multiplication. But the last person he used his guillotine on was um. Do you guys know it? Say it with me now. Say it before I say it oh oh you're not bad you're you're pretty smart all right looking looking you know, little cool Gios. uh stand yes the last person he used his Gios on was nunnally um i love data i love statistical data so doing this stuff naturally you know interested me so um and if you ever want to see something if you want to see little, maybe i don't know might be do it on patreon uh or just maybe do it on my twitter or instagram um you want to go if you want something where I can do that shows through all of Louis's commands and the people he used the geass on um let me know on Twitter or let me know on Instagram I'll definitely happily do that uh, and then maybe I could talk about um uh, maybe some of the top moments where Louis used his geass commands um but number 3 all the girls at Ashford Ashford Academy thinks he's attractive um now now, as a straight man, it's hard for me to understand why girls find him to be so hot. I don't know. Actually, I take that back. I understand exactly why he's hot. Cause I I know he's hot. Look, have you seen Luge? Have you seen that hair? You've seen him eyes. Well, actually don't look into his eyes too much, man. You know you know what the hell he's gonna do. But look at him. Tall, handsome, slim. He, he, what what do, what doesn't he do wrong? He's smart. He's good with money. I, now, that I think about it, why isn't he why isn't he mine? Alright, moving on. So, but anybody who's listening out there, let me know why you think Luz is so attractive because I know why, but if you have any other reasons, let me know. But regardless of this, Luz has often has to stay clear from a lot of people. Uh, Sayako, as Luz got him on so many dates by simply saying yes to everyone. In that same episode, every girl was trying to grab Luz's hat so they would be his girlfriend during Cupid Day. Um, and, and there was even a scene where three high school girls were basically nothing to try to seduce him. Um, we we even see an earlier part in uh, R1 stage six, I believe, where Millie offered anyone who caught the cat to get a kiss from someone in the council. And we get that famous scene of several girls hoping it would be from Luge. And I always found it odd how Shirley had only had to talk to Colin about if she liked Lush, when half the school did you know I I guess she never considered the other ladies to be a legit threat but Lush was truly a lucky guy even if he never really appreciated or cared um number two he does die at the end of R2 um now now to some of you probably listening to this you're probably you know I I can see it right now you're rolling your eyes um and to quickly to think of the new film that just came out. Keep in mind that the movie is from an alternate timeline. And even where LaRouche did not want to come back after Suzuku stabbed him. But the reason I'm putting this up on this list episode of mine. Is because people is that that were speculating at the end of R2. If CeCe was talking about LaRouche or talking to him. Um, we know now from a picture drama and from the author himself that Luce did in fact die at the end of r2 this was where this you know, this was here more to put it to bad the rumor that he might still been alive in the original timeline and original series but no he's dead um number one though he showed more romantic feelings for Cece than shirley or colin um now, now before you get you try to crucify me again and get angry. Um, I have talked about on Twitter where I kind of broke down Luish's relationship with the main girls from Kelgias Gias months ago. I'm not even, I might have to bring that up on Twitter again, but, um, but in, even in that rambling I was doing, I'm pretty sure I still said that I pretty much proved that he was actually, he really only loved Cece. You know, since the main authors never confirmed in the original series that Luish loved Cece, this is partially headcanon and but there is still enough evidence in favor of cc more than the other two um especially over the any other love interests which is why i lean in this direction so i just wanted to bring up a short little list of why uh, of my argument why he loves cc and here we are he only really opened to her and showed her his true side um he literally confesses his love to her in r2 turn 23 um I'm pretty sure I think it just straight up says he, he confessed his love to her in that episode. I mean what do you think would have happened had Colin had not interrupted that moment? Um uh, next thing they both share many moments of teasing in the form of flirting. Uh she could challenge him in no way, no one else really could. And and lastly, he went he always went to her when he needed comfort. Um example right after using Gias on Euphemia. Um also even after you know you know after listening to the episode um and you're still not somehow convinced I understand um I would love to hear any counter uh, counterpoints and counter uh, I would love to read them or send voice messages uh if you, have, if you have an account on anchor but you can mostly definitely do it on my Instagram at WeebcastTV TV and on Twitter on based senpai um but I have a bonus one and it still still with CeCe. You know, maybe do I, do I like CC a lot? yeah, I like CC a lot all right sorry, I, sorry blame me all you want, but he was always close with CC even before confessing his love though. now CC lives at the school dorm in the same room as Louis. so naturally the two would need to become co- be, you know be comfortable living together. Suffice they to say they become quite comfortable around each other by the end. and Luish has seen CC naked at least what once. So, we know that after he cleaned her womb, but Cece has shown many times to be very comfortable with changing right in front of him into her undies. You know, it, there, there is even a scene in the show where Louche is in the same bed as Cece, so, so much for Cece saying gentlemen would sleep on the floor. Now, now I'm going to assume nothing extra rated ever happened while the two shared a bed, but some speculate otherwise. But do you, you do you, do you, and I'll do me. Um, and I love this point because when Luge taught Mao about getting every aspect of CC, even parts that he has never seen, I guess he was not lying. Um. But in finality here, if if you've gotten this far into the episode, I want to say thank you very very much. Um. Uh, if you reach this far into the episode, I just I just want to be give you my humble thanks. Um, because I love I secretly love to do these types of fact theory type of video uh not videos uh episodes i've had some already like recorded and kind of stored up but i never really never published any of them because i didn't think they were all that interesting but i was like you know what they might bring a nice little different to the to the podcast to my podcast show um here and there um so i'm very appreciative uh when people finish these episodes um but you know that's my luge v britannia fact list um did you like it? Well, let me know on Twitter or Instagram. And if you did enjoy, let me know what you, what your favorite fact or theory was. And, um, and especially if my entire episode and list was completely wrong, then you can easily scream at me and comment about how wrong I was as well. Um, like I said, I'm human and I make a lot of mistakes. Probably more mistakes than a lot of people. Um, but did you like the list? Like I said, let me know on Twitter or on Instagram. And especially if you'd like to hear more Code Geass content, Especially with that project project announced that was announced uh December fifth, I believe. Um so yeah, let me know if you want to hear some more Cold GS content. I would love to do it. But this has been C Dub, aka Mori, aka the Independent Variable, aka the man who has Geass in both eyes, and I'm out of three thousand. See ya.